Hello and welcome to the Sunshine House podcast. My name is Zanny Louise. I am a children's author and a writing mentor. I run the Sunshine House Facebook group, which is a really cool, lovely, warm place, cool and warm, lovely place to hang out for picture book and other children's book creators. So if you are a children's book creator, search up the Sunshine House Writers and Creatives on Facebook and you will find us. I also offer online courses for aspiring and emerging children's book writers. So you might like to explore them through my website, zannylouise.com. So today I am chatting to Elaine Webster, who is a very experienced middle grade and YA author based in Adelaide. Elaine has her 10th book coming out in April. It's called Selfie. It's published with text publishing. It's got a wonderful cover, as all textbooks do. Uh, Selfie, as the name might imply, dives into the world of social media. So we talk about some of those themes what it's like to write for that tween, teen, upper, middle grade audience, which I think is a really great conversation. And we talk about moving between writing for different age groups and some of the things to think about. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Hope you do too. This episode is recorded on Bunjalung land up in northern New South Wales. Hi, Elaine. How are you? Hello, Sunny. Good, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm really excited for you because you've on the brink of a book release, your new book, Selfie. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Selfie, what it's about? Let's start with that. Sure. Okay. Uh, so Selfie, I think it's my 10th publication. It is for the age range of about 11 years old and up. So it kind of fits that um, middle grade, early YA uh, crossover and selfie is largely centered around social media and our relationship with it. It's about two girls, Dean and Tully. And Dean is Instagram famous and has been since he was in the womb. So her mum was posting about her uh, a long time ago. And uh, so she, she moves schools. And when she enrolls Tully, um, who's my protagonist, already knows who Dean is and she's quite obsessed with her. And she can't believe it when Dean basically singles her out to be her best friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great premise because it's already got this, you know, ripple of tension where you're like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what, What was the impetus for this story? Interestingly enough, for me, it always starts with a tiny nugget. It starts with something and you know, in my memory, I guess, from from when I was a teenager and weirdly with this book you know so this is pre-social media um quite obviously I just remember when I was a teenager being quite enamored by a school teacher who I admired because she was an artist and uh, uh, she played guitar and she she was a bit of a writer and um and I just thought she was amazing and I remember expressing this to my stepmother who turned around to me and very casually wrote it off and said, oh, I remember having a crush when I was at school. And, you know, first of all, at that age, I associated the word crush with something romantic. And, you know, of course, older me understands what she was getting at. But younger me was quite taken aback because I thought, no, no, you've misunderstood me. You don't understand what I mean. So it actually comes from that moment, from that shock of 
you know, I've just expressed that I really admire this person and I've been told I have a crush. <laughs> so um, that's where it actually came from. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So pre-social media days. Yes. And what yeah. was the social media link then? Because that's obviously a big pressing theme in the book. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I guess I speak for most authors here in that we we largely have to be available and online and present. And, you know, we do that and we promote our work through social media. And so and we also keep in contact with each other and what, what everyone else is doing through social media. So um, I guess, you know, some of it is about my own uh, relationship with it and the things that I see and sometimes, you know, stuff that I actually grapple with and, and wonder, I don't know, is this performative? Is this real? Is this mm-hmm. um, uh, is this oversharing? All, all lordy, um, this person's just posted this thing and they're probably going to take it down two minutes later. And, you know, it's, it's my own issues, I think, with with having to live in that online world. So, and I don't think I'm alone <laughs> in having those thoughts and those no. fears. Yeah, well, my my girls are at that age of your protagonist. So, you know, one is a bit younger, one's about the same age. Uh, and they're definitely sort of coming up against these, you know, things like now they're able to access TikTok and things like that. And we're often having these conversations in the home about, what it looks like to safely use social media, um, but also how to represent yourself. And you know, my older daughter, she always has to run her past her posts past me and check yeah. that they're okay. Uh, which you know is very nice that she does that. And I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to have that influence. <laughs> uh, but you know, we're always having those conversations because how you present yourself on social media, of course, uh, you know, it's, it can be quite problematic. But your character, Dean, is quite interesting because it's it's kind of her mum who's put her out there as a celebrity. She's taken it on. She's now got agency as that celebrity. But it's a, it's murky territory, isn't it, when the parents are actually putting their kids forward as the product, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think um, when I was writing this, when it was in its early stages, I came across an article that was discussing the future possibility of kids suing their parents or mm. social media for putting their lives online without their consent. So there are issues definitely around consent with this book as well. And I don't for a moment see in judgment either of, of people that, you know, have done this, but it is it is something that's up for discussion and, and consideration. You know, I think that kind of fed into it as well that, you know, sometimes it's not even the kids that are that are doing this, it's the parents that are making these choices. But then, like you say, the flip side of that is being a parent and having the anxiety of your kids having access to this stuff and <laughs> and putting their stuff up there. So there's a lot of anxiousness, full stop. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's 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 yeah. really murky territory to navigate as a parent, as a kid, you know, out in the world. Yeah, but I that's what I liked about your novel, though, was that it didn't take a judgmental approach. And, you know, Tully herself, the protagonist, does get swept up in the whole craze of, you know, and this adoration for this person. And, you know, you mm. really feel for her and you really connect with her and you really worry for her throughout because, you know, it's always got that little, um, you're just not sure how this kind of crush is going to go, really. And we are no. in the non-romantic way, of course. Yeah, so I really like the way that you you 
We're very sympathetic to all the characters, I think, including the mother of Dean. Uh, you know, all were presented in a very non-judgmental way. And I think books like that for this age group do give kids that opportunity to have those discussions with each other, you know, with their parents, with their teachers. Is that something you're hoping for for this book, that that book will stimulate those conversations? Oh, a thousand percent, yeah. I definitely um, very deliberately was not trying to to pass judgment. I think that when we write stories, sometimes the best that we can do is just reflect life as we know it. And I guess that's what I was largely attempting to do, to just reflect back at us, you know, what it is where the age that we're living in and what we're having to deal with. So I think uh, for kids, you know, maybe this is stuff that even they're not um, a thousand percent conscious of. They're just Mm. navigating it because it is their lives and what you know the era that they're living in and the same that way that when we were teenagers and things were thrust at us we just rolled with it there may well be issues that they're experiencing that they don't know how to voice and you know I think that's always the beauty with with kids books full stop is that you can point at a book and say hey that's me you know that um I don't necessarily have the words to articulate but hey here's this book and press it into someone else's hands and say this is this this gets me this is me so Mm. Yeah, it's about that connection uh, as much as anything. And whether you connect more with Dean or more with Tully or more with the other characters, uh, like you say, it's a really uh, great opportunity to be able to see yourself in the book. Um, Or maybe you're seeing a friend in the book and it gives you an opportunity to, you know, have that conversation with a friend. If, if, If you find yourself, if you find yourself in a situation where maybe you're worried about a friend who's been swept up in a social media thing, you know, this book could be a really useful tool for that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I hope so. (laughs) I think, I think, you know, like all good kids books, you know, I think it's something that speaks not, not just to kids, but to adults. To adults. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The themes are really relevant. Well, I, I live near Byron Bay, so we have a lot of um, Insta moms and Insta kids. Yeah. And there was that big article in Vanity Fair a few years ago, which was quite, actually quite judgmental. Uh, And I do see some of the kids around from time to time. And, you know, I'm I'm often grappling with these themes because I have my own kids on social media. Uh, Hopefully I'll never be sued for it because I do try and (laughs) represent them uh, in a nice way. Uh, But, yeah, look, it is really complicated stuff. And so good on you for tackling it, but doing so in a very non-didactic, non-judgmental way you know, story-worthy way, character-driven way. I think that's always the best approach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I seek to inhabit their hearts, I suppose, and that's yeah. the angle that I come from. So Absolutely, and that's, and that's what works so well. You mentioned your 10th book. Uh, it's a crossover between middle grade and teen, which is an interesting little space to inhabit. Is this your first book in this space? And uh, if it is, what determined, you know, you deciding this is the age group you're writing for? Uh, so, no, it's not the first book uh, in this spot. Uh, Sensitive, um, which was published by University of Queensland Press, definitely fits fits in this space, in this category, yes. And, yes, I've written um, middle grade and then at this middle grade why I have a crossover and then I've written the upper YA. Um, I do sort of understand, I guess, the, the nuances between those different age ranges. I find this is a really beautiful spot to work in because it's that lovely space of innocence 
verging on and moving into you know that self-discovery and uh and all the fabulous stuff that comes with puberty (laughs) so um and it's a space that I have quite vivid memories of myself so I think that's why I feel happy and comfortable writing in that space and I mean you know people are probably sick of me spouting it but I'll say it again you know like in my teenage years reading Judy Bloom who wrote very successfully largely for that that Mm. same space I feel like she just kind of entered my veins (laughs) um and that's kind of what comes out <laughs> when I go to write. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, as as a kid myself, I, I actually never came across Judy Bloom, which uh, is a bit of a pity, actually, because when I think of, you know, middle grade, as we know it now, those sort of books, as a kid, I don't think I would have really particularly enjoyed them. And I, and, and I moved really quickly into adult books because I was I wasn't connecting with those so-called middle grade books. Uh, And and so I'm really excited about this space, you know, this kind of contemporary, edgy, uh, middle upper middle grade space, which does touch on slightly more complex themes, relational themes, uh, Mm. because I, you know, that's where I was at that age. That's where my kids are at that age. And, you know, I think it's really important to be able to have those books that kids can, can, can connect with, you know, and not just the fantasy fun, magical ones, which are also wonderful, but they weren't my books. And yeah, so yeah. I'm glad you're writing in this space for myself, but also for my kids. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, and again, you know, same same for me with um, with fantasy and um, science fiction, and you know, I love I loved all of that stuff too, and I very much gravitate towards it to watch it on on the screen. But Mm. oddly, what comes out for me and what comes naturally is the contemporary stuff. Yeah, you know, stuff set in the real world, real world issues. Yeah, it's just where I find myself most connected and Mm -hmm. most passionate. Yeah, because that was a real turning point for me trying to write middle grade was, you know, and I was I was hemmed in by what I thought middle grade was. So when Mm. I stumbled across one of these more Judy Bloom type books, uh, I was suddenly like, what, well, what is this? You can write <laughs> like this for this age group. This is so yeah. exciting. So, cause that's yeah. definitely where I naturally, uh, fall as well. So yeah, I think it's really great that you've lent into your strengths and, and listen to yeah. what works for you. Yeah. It takes a while to find yourself sometimes as an author and I've never been a cheeseburger writer. If you want to call it that. In that <laughs> What's a cheeseburger writer? Well, to me, a cheeseburger writer is that you know what you're getting. Like you go ah. and order your, your, uh, your cheeseburger and you ah. know exactly what's going to be in it and you'll have the nice. same thing every single time. And, nice. and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and again, it's not a deliberate thing. It's just what comes out. I just, I write with my heart and what, um, yeah. You know, I feel passionately about at the yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah. And that's what transfers to readers and that they can really, you know, feel Connect connected with. because it isn't, yeah, like you say, cheeseburger. It's not formulaic. It's not prescribed. Yeah. It just, you know, it's really a human story, which, yeah, that's that's something I really relate to as well. I like that phrase. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how, how did you find your way into writing for kids, Elaine? So my first book was published back in 2007. So I've been here a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, with you Scholastic, and that was a YA novel and uh, our little secret. Uh, and that actually was quite had quite confronting content for the time. You know, thankfully we've moved on now. What with the Me Too movement and you know 
2023, we discuss um, issues to do with um, consent a lot more openly. But back then it was a book that was deemed to be important Mm. um, to publish, but it wasn't something that was going to be actively marketed Mm. um, purely because of what the content um, was that it was quite confronting. So, again, it was always I was writing very passionately. I wanted to write about the things that I wanted to read about as a teenager and that weren't there for me necessarily. Again, if I come back to, you know, Judy Bloom and, um, you know, some of her books, you know, portrayed puberty and or sex and stuff like that, And um, but I wasn't reading that anywhere else. And mm. I think, again, I've, I've kind of gravitated to writing those things and I don't shy away from writing things that are hard. Um, and I guess that doesn't always necessarily win me win me friends because some of these things are, are very, very confronting for some people and some people want to keep it light and, and happy and that's great. But we also need to have these stories out there for the kids who've, who've lived hard and need a friend and not just them but also for their their friends who maybe don't get it and don't understand and, again, can read a story and, and wrap their heads around and have empathy for others. That's um, very powerful because a book is a very intimate experience and it's something that no one else even needs to know what you're reading and even if they do, they don't understand, you know, your personal experience with it. So that's sure. what makes books for kids so important because uh, they are this private world where they can navigate some some really big things. So good on you for, you know, going there to the harder places, <laughs> uh, places where others aren't uh, brave enough to go because it is really, really important and I know there are many kids who'd be very appreciative of that you know sometimes it saves lives in a way oh you know sounds dramatic but I'm sure it does oh no over the years I've had kids contact me um directly through my through my website and express um their thanks and you know and sometimes when a kid does write you a really heartfelt message where you can sort of read between the lines and feel their desperation um it's magic I think you know if I've I've reached that kid and I've helped that kid that's that's awesome so yeah 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 no it's 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 a really powerful thing that you're doing uh so bearing in mind that you do write you know uh, not just the easy stuff Mm -hmm. um do you find there's a difference between writing for those younger middle grade audiences Um, to the YA like what are you thinking about when you're approaching a story for a different age group so yeah there is quite um, a difference you know between writing that lower YA and and upper YA Um, and if I refer to my own works um, uh, if I talk about for a minute the center of my everything which was definitely for an upper YA uh, audience and portrayed you know some significant issues in our society like um, binge drinking and sexual assault, racism. Um, So there were some really hard-hitting things that I needed to portray there and they're definitely things that are a little bit too much for that younger YA age group. So I think subject matter is an issue there and how you approach things and I think in, in the lower YA range you can still tackle some difficult stuff but you do it with a a much lighter hand and uh, a not so direct portrayal Um, so I guess with the centre of my everything some of those things I'm very much portraying in the moment Mm. and the reader is experiencing it whereas if I tackled those things uh, in the lower 
range, I'd probably put some distance between the reader and and what I'm portraying. It's it's hard to unravel um, mm. the very small kind of little differences, but I think subject matter is probably a big one. Mm. Um, and does your writing process remain the same? Are you, are you someone who sits down and plans a novel uh, or do you just go in and write and see what comes? My process has changed dramatically <laughs> over the years and I think it does with each book. And I've now I've, I've come to understand that it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It just it produces the same thing at the end of the day. So I used to just fly by the seat of my pants until I wrote um, Paper Planes for Scholastic, which required me to do um, a lot of research and a lot of interviewing prior to writing that book. And so I had to very much come at it with a plan. And that's when I started, I guess, planning a bit more what I write. So with Selfie, I definitely had a sort of a vague idea of each chapter. This is what's going to happen. And I had that overall story arc in my mind, but I didn't, you know, plan it out, advanced degree or anything. Um, It's funny, I I recall with um, that thing I did, my comedy YA novel, uh, that a a university professor read it and said to me, oh, you know, I can just imagine your wall, your wall must be filled with post-it notes, (laughs) little bits of string, you know, going here, there and everywhere, connecting everything. And I'm like, "Uh, no. It just, it kind of like, sometimes I actually write something and I think, why am I doing this? Oh, don't worry, just trust the process and yeah. this will come into play later. And sure enough, yeah. it does. So, yeah. I th- you know, I'm at near the end of the book and I think, oh, there's that thing I said in, you know, chapter three and I can use that, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. tie it up. So it's, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 it's all over the place. <laughs> so is there a lot of editing involved in that case? Oh, a thousand percent. You know, I mean, and this is what I talk to uh, kids about when I go and present in schools that, Never, ever do I spit out uh, sentences or pages or whatever and not need to go back and and edit. You know, I am forever polishing and polishing and, you know, rewriting and chopping and changing until I'm happy with the rhythm and the voice and, you know, and that I haven't gone overboard in describing something and bored the reader and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm considering a million things when I'm editing it and then of course you know and that's me self-editing and then and then perhaps having a couple of readers assist me and then then you go through the editorial process and you find all these other things that you need to fix as well so it's a a huge process Mm. Um, but structurally I think um, the one thing I can't stand is having to restructure a book so Mm -hmm. I'm really focused the first time around on getting the structure right at the very least yeah. Mm, that's a really yeah nice reflection actually I relate to that one as well because yeah, yeah there's nothing worse than having to dive in and just yeah really pull it apart although some people love that process some people really love that you know yeah. puzzle making mm. oh I can't stand it <laughs> and I had to do it with my second book and I think it was good that I did it early in my career because it was no, a lesson of never do that again <laughs> you know what to avoid <laughs> yeah Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you, Elaine, about selfie, but also about your career and your process and, you know, all the themes that you very, you know, write about, which is so fantastic um, for young people. Uh, And yeah, lovely to meet you here in the Sunshine House. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I really sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sunshine House podcast. This episode was produced by Virtual Creatrix. Music was written by Gregor Hutchka and produced by Brett Canning. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave us a review, a rating and share with your friends. All of those wonderful things are much appreciated and help us find new listeners. If you are a creator yourself and would like to tap into a very supportive community, you can search up the Sunshine House Writers and Creatives on Facebook. We will let you in the door and inspire you, support you, all of those wonderful things. I have a new course available called the Sunshine House Children's Book Course, which is a collection of skills and knowledge to cover all sorts of aspects of the children's book industry. If you're interested in checking that out and doing a course from the comfort of home, have a look at my website, zannylouise.com. It's been wonderful spending this time with you today. Have a lovely, sunshiny day.